Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of How I Teach with the Language Arts Lady. I'm Donna Reish, your hostess and your teacher. Um, I have been doing some episodes about twice told tales recently and how to teach story writing through piggybacking or through retelling a familiar story with the student's own twist and things like that. So those were the previous episodes, 22 and 23. And in those episodes, I did not do the dialogue lessons um, on here anyway. I do them with my students, but I didn't do them on here because they're long and it takes a lot longer to do those. But I did tell you that when you expect something from your students, they need to be equipped. So it's up to us to teach those skills to them. So I promised you some quotation lessons coming up. So that is what we're going to do today. So let me just do our little bit of housekeeping. First of all, this uh, that I have open right now is your How I Teach Teacher's Notebook episode sheets. That's a mouthful. But you can get free weekly notebooking sheets for you as a teacher each week. And these notebooking sheets almost always have lessons that you can use with your students. So I teach you how to teach it and then you can use your teacher's notebook to the, the lesson parts to print off and use with your students. So that is exciting and um, free to you every single week. And so you have two ways to consume how I teach. You can listen to it on your favorite podcast app. And if you do listen, I hope that you will print off your teacher's episode sheets ahead of time so that you have those in front of you while you listen and you can be following along. The other way that you can consume uh, this uh, broadcast is through video. And so you can do that at YouTube or at languageartsladyblog.com. And with that, you have the PowerPoint version of the teacher's notebook. So either way, you're going to be able to either look in your teacher's notebook and follow along or watch the PowerPoint um, um, presentation while I teach. So um, it's a very visual um, program, <laughs> very visual broadcast. And so it's really difficult for me to teach how I teach in, in audio only. So that is why we have the teacher's notebook episode sheets and we also have the PowerPoint video that I teach from. So either way is great and you can do one or both or either. And either way, also be sure you get your teacher's episode sheets. So this is what we have today for the teacher's episode sheets. And you can see that you get some um, lessons here about quotations and so forth that you're going to want to um, hop on and get. Okay, so without further ado, let me go ahead and start the PowerPoint. I'm gonna hop around a little bit today, but um, let's go. So here we go. Um, this episode comes from Write for a Month, Fairy Tales 4. So if you remember from previous episodes, my month long books are called Write for a Month. <laughs> Very on the nose, right? And we have Write for a Month, Fairy Tales, Write for a Month, Dumbo, Write for a Month, Beauty and the Beast, Write for a Month, Peter Pan, Mowgli, Christmas Friends, um, Dumbo, Slinky Dog, um, Tools and Tricks. We have, uh, I believe, 40 books in all that will eventually be up at Teachers Pay Teachers as well as Language Arts Lady store. So uh, 
this lesson came from right from a fairy tale four and four level four means that it is an eighth ninth tenth maybe 11th grade level book all right and usually i teach like this is how i teach this kind of essay or this is how i teach this kind of story or this is how i teach this kind of research report but today i'm going to just focus on quotation inclusion as and, and give you some tips on how to teach quotes to your students from junior high and high school um, and up. So, um, and I'm going to use Fairy Tales 4 to do this. All right, so before I do that though, and I didn't think about this, I'm sorry about that, but before I do this, um, I'm going to open up a PDF to show you, oh, let me, um, I'm going to pause it for a minute here. Okay, so before I do that, and I start on this lesson for 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th graders, um, I got to thinking, you know how I keep talking about incrementality, and I keep talking about how students have to have the skills that we're asking them to do in whatever project that we're giving them to do, whatever writing we're giving them to write, they have to have the skills for that. And um, I thought, you know what, I'm just gonna give you a quick glance, and this is not in your teacher's notebook because I just decided this at the last minute, but and I didn't give it to my assistant yet. But I just um, wanted you to see that where I'm starting today with eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th grade students, learning how to put a quote into an essay um, and how to informally cite, that's what today is going to be about. It's not going to be research-based MLA and all of that. Um, I, we definitely do that. I have a whole course on that. I have a whole book on that. And I have many, many projects in the Write for a Month um, level fives that do that. But to show you, this is where we start with students who've already been introduced to quotations. They've already done the basic work of learning quotations. And so we start with simple quotes in um, level two, which is fourth and fifth grade and uh, of the right for a month and um, four one of meaningful comp, which is my full semester um, um, composition book that that set. So we started four one. So we basically start fourth grade or so with quotations. Now, um, prior to that, I don't put a lot of quotes in their, the, the text that they're writing from, their source material that I give them, right? Because I, I've used programs before, actually I used a, like a third grade program that had a split quote that the student was supposed to copy from and then take dictation from. And that was the first problem was that a third grader doesn't know how to copy quotes and then take dictation, especially because then you're asking them in dictation, you're asking them to apply the rules of whatever fell in their passage that they're dictating from. That's the first problem. The second problem is that it was a split quote, which is really upper, upper level, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th. I mean, sometimes I do it with my eighth and ninth graders, but only if I'm there to fix it for them because I'm there to help them every step of the way, right? Um, and then the third problem was that it was uh, punctuated incorrectly. <laughs> so at, at any rate, 
I say all that to say that quotation teaching is very, very incremental. So what we're going to go over today in this essay um, was preceded by these pages that I just want to show you very quickly. This was from Christmas Friends Level 3. So this would be 6th, 7th, and 8th. And they are very basic rules, right? And we use a passage and then we use quote boxes like you're seeing here to teach very, very basic quotation rules. And then we, so we start out here, basic quote with speech tag at the beginning, basic quote with speech tag at the end. Um, the speech tag, that would be the words that show who's speaking. They're called different things in different handbooks and programs, but we call them speech tags because they tag the speaker, all right? And then they uh, have a question quote with a speech tag at the beginning. You can see all the details there. We are walking through, we're highlighting, we're writing, making margin notes. We are going through this together, this whole, this whole quote box, each one. And then a question quote with speech tag at the end. So they are not, today's lesson is not their first rodeo, right? It is not their first introduction to quotes. As a matter of fact, in their like level two, that's fourth and fifth grade, they are going to put one quote in one of their paragraphs. And, and it's a very, so I would have these first two boxes, just this very, very, very simple quotation lesson. So I'm gonna go back into the PowerPoint now and talk specifically about how to use, do to quotation inclusion for an essay in these upper levels. So we're talking about, again, seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th, eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th, somewhere in there. Um, I have remediation books called Jumpstart One and Jumpstart Two. And those actually can take your student through three years of writing in one semester. If they are like, you know, eighth graders and they write at a fourth grade level or something like that. Um, and it goes a little faster, but when it comes to the expectations for the regular write for a month books and the non-remediation books, this is an eighth, ninth, 10th grade book and the expectations for their quotes will be commensurate with that. And it will also, the expectations for their quotes will also be, will coincide with their previous quotation experience, right? So we don't just say, you know, okay guys, here's your overview box. This tells you your, my expectations of you. You are going to write at least one quote. So, okay, put a quote in, all right? You know how much I hate that, right? That is. That is a writing idea. That is a writing prompt. Now there is a place for writing prompts like um, in say persuasive writing or you know, read this and then put your opinion right there, but not a writing idea. A, a writing idea is not a lesson, right? A writing idea is not going to get your students to write an essay such as this one, three ways fairy tales help kids, okay? So I'm showing you the overview box here because you can see that in this project, which is a two-week project, it's called Projects 1 and 2, it's called Three Ways Fairy Tales Help Kids, and they are going to, you can see Roman numeral 1, topic of essay, they're going to write Three Ways Fairy Tales Help Kids, and there are some uh, examples there, imagination, character, creativity, understanding the world, fun, they can choose three of those, or they can choose three 
other ones or three of their, their own, or they can choose a couple of those and one of their own. In Roman numeral two, they're going to write three paragraphs for the body. In Roman numeral three, they're going to write six to eight sentences. If they're basic students, that would be um, you know, just coming into level four or uh, less experienced. And they're going to write seven to 10 sentences in each paragraph if they are experienced. Everybody's going to write an opening. Everybody's going to write a closing. Uh, they do not have to cite sources, but they have to use sources to find their information. So they do not have like an MLA or an APA citation uh, lesson in this. This is um, more persuasive, expository, exposing your reader to information. And then quotations are assigned. All right. So that is what this project entails. So they know right off the bat, again, the expectation explanations, they know exactly what's going to be expected of them. Okay. And and I've talked about this before, how this, okay, this is a really, you know, detailed expectation explanation. Yes, it really is very detailed, but my kids put a sticky note on the top. They can come back in. I hear them all the time. You know, how many sentences do we have to have? And they flip back. It's Roman numeral three, six to eight per paragraph for basic. Oh, your extension. You have to do seven to 10. You know, I, I mean, it's, it's so, it's right before them all the time. Okay. So they never have to worry, but that is not what this lesson's about. All right, so you know that I always teach from samples, right? So this is one that my writing assistant, Zachary, has written. And it um, has an opening paragraph, which is the history of fairy tales. And I have to preface this with this too. They have already had five opening paragraph types by this time. <laughs> they have had a quotation opening. They have had a story opening. They have had an informative opening, such as this, History of Fairy Tales. They have had a dialogue opening. They have had a definition opening. We I've already taught them all the different kinds of openers that they might want to use in an essay, okay? And Zach chose the informative one, which is the History of Fairy Tales, which is absolutely amazing. It's a great idea. And um, teaching from this. So if you have the teacher's notebook, you'll see it's all on two pages. It's kind of broken up on the slides, but here is the opening paragraph. There's paragraph of body A, constructive ideas for imaginative play. POB B, power of ordinary people. POB C, showing how good overcomes, conquers evil. And then the closing paragraph is a definition. So he's defining the words fairy tale. All right, and again, we've already learned how to do those paragraphs, all right, those openings and closings. And then I teach from this. So all of that highlighting and the underlining and all that, I would use that. And maybe I can, I can teach this essay sometime. Um, I think it has a lot of great ideas in it, but great um, tools for teachers to learn how to teach writing from. But um, for our purposes here, I'm not so much looking at, okay, there's the thesis statement. There's the opening paragraph, there's POBA, there's a transition, there's another transition, uh, POBB, there's POBC, there's another transition, there's, PO, there's closing paragraph, there's another thesis, it's a thesis statement reloaded. I'm not so much working looking at that as I am the quotations. So we would come in here when I'm teaching this project, I would teach the project how they're going to do this project. Um, I would use the lesson that is not here for you today because it's too much information, but I would use, they have a um, 
directed brainstorming box, just like you've seen, I believe that was, I think I've had them a few, several times in these uh, episodes prior to 24 here. Um, and they choose their first uh, way that fairy tales help kids, their second way, their third way, they list them, they go find information, they outline and so on and so forth. And then I'm going to say, don't forget, you have to have at least one quote. So after I've taught them how to get their information and how to uh, organize it, because that is always the, one of the problems with students is they don't know how to organize information. The, the three ways of something is a very simple essay approach. If you remember in episode number one, all the way back um, earlier in 2021, uh, I taught writing the three favorites essay from Peter Pan three and said, three favorites, one of the best essays to teach. It's in their brain. They know there are three favorites. They're gonna say my first favorite ice cream is chocolate chip. My second favorite ice cream is butter pecan. My third favorite ice cream is vanilla. Yeah, I'm very plain. <laughs> and they are, and it's gonna be just that simple. Paragraph, the first paragraph of the body is going to have chocolate chip. It's not gonna have anything about butter pecans because it's only going to have chocolate chip. And the next paragraph is gonna be butter pecan. And it's not gonna have anything about chocolate chips because that was the previous paragraph, so on and so forth. Simple, simple essay. Go back and watch episode number one. That is a um, sixth, seventh and eighth grade project, but definitely I taught in that episode how to take it down for fourth and third and fourth and fifth graders. And you can also, of course, make it more challenging. But this three ways is an amazing essay, even for kids who are not really that familiar with persuasive writing. In my persuasive writing book, um, I think it's Meaningful Composition 10-1, I'm teaching it starting next week actually this year. Um, and I teach the three Ps of persuasion, your position, your points and your proofs. You don't have to be able to do any of that for kids to write this essay. So you can see how it's such an amazing stepping stone because who can't come up with three ways? right? And who can't find information about those three ways? And who can't put one way in one paragraph, another way in the next paragraph, another way in the next paragraph? You see how easily broken down this is. But I am getting back onto the essay and not on the quote. So what we're really, what I'm really going to do today with you is look here in the opening paragraph. There are no quotes. Okay. So I'm going to go on to POBA and there are no quotes there. And, and again, I would read this, we'd read it out loud, we would highlight, we'd draw arrows to the margin, um, you know, make sure that the, all the reasons, all the ways are in order and all that kind of thing. Okay, so let's go to POBB. And I don't see a quote there. Remember, they have to put one quote anywhere in their paper. Okay, POBC is, I saw, I thought there was a, oh yeah, there's a GK Chesterton quote. Okay, so right there in POBC, the paragraph uh, that's in brackets in bold font at the end of POBC, showing how good conquers evil. Okay, right smack dab in the middle, there's a quote that goes like this. As GK Chesterton observed, comma, quote, capital F, because we always start quotes with capital letters, fairy tales do not tell children that dragons exist. Children already know that dragons exist. Fairy tales tell children that dragons can be killed, period, quote, all right. So when I am teaching and beginning this quotation lesson, 
we come along here, we find that quote, we circle it with the highlight of the whole thing, we draw an arrow to the margin, put a star there, and then we come back and we say, okay, box the speech tag as GK Chesterton observed. Okay, with another color, highlight the comma after observed. Your opening speech tags have to have commas. Keep in mind they've already had the lower level quotation lessons, right? Those boxes that I showed you at the beginning um, from a fourth and fifth grade, uh, I think it was a fourth and fifth grade lesson. All right, so then now with another collar, highlight the quote capital F, fairy tales. All right, so quotations that have, well, any quotation, unless it has ellipsis, which we're not dealing with right yet um, here, this level, quotation F, fair, uh, quotations begin with a capital letter, okay? So depending on their level and how, you know, experienced they are with quotes, we might draw an arrow to the margin and write in the margin, all quotes start with cap, might do something like that from there. We may not, it just depends on their experience, right? Then we come along and I point out to them how there are three sentences of quotes. And when you have one person saying three sentences of a quote, you do not start it over again. You don't like fairy tales, do not tell children that dragons exist, period, quote. Chesterton also said, quote, children already know that dragons exist, period, quote. Quote, fairy tales do not tell children that dragons exist, comma, quote, said G.K. Chesterton, right? When you have one person saying three sentences or however many sentences of information, you put a quote at the beginning, a capital letter, all the sentences that that person spoke, and then look at the end here, guys, period, quote, highlight, arrow to the margin, periods always go inside quotation marks in the US. And we write always in all caps. It's the one rule that they can be sure of in English. There are very, very few rules that are always true. And commas and periods always inside quotation marks in the United States is one of them. So we make a big deal out of it because it's like, kids, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy we have a rule today that is always the same, yay. You know, I mean, it's yeah, it's a big deal. All right, so then there's also a quote in the last one. Now he only has to have, you know, one um, quote, but he has another one. And so we would do the same thing with that definition from Merriam-Webster um, since the closing is a, a definition paragraph. All right, so then we're going to go to some quote boxes and we are going to talk about how they are going to put their quote in their essay. All right, they have assigned one quote. So if you are in your teacher's notebook, I am at C1, okay, C1. Study the quote boxes provided to learn how to include basic quotations in your outline, then in the body of your essay. All right, so there is a lot of um, debate, right? And <laughs> students will tell you, I'm just gonna write quote and I'm gonna remember where it is and then I'm gonna put it in my essay when it says quote. All right, okay, there are so, <laughs> a couple things going on here. They're so, they're so conniving sometimes, but wonderful. So we're just going to direct them into the right path. All right, so. You can't count on anything being the same on the internet today as it is tomorrow or as it will be an hour from now. So I tell them that I want their quote in their outline. And when I grade their outline, if they write the word quote in big letters and they haven't stapled the quote to their paper or something or to their outline or paper clipped it, 
or written it in the margin or written it on a sticky note and stuck it onto there, then they, they get a lower score. Okay, so they know that the, my expectations are that your quote will be in your outline. So it's ready for you. All right. So, you know, don't, you're not going to go get it later. You might not be able to find it. We're going to put it in your outline. All right. Also at this level, especially not, uh, 10th, 11th, 12th grade, you are going to put your quote in your outline while you are thinking. So when we divide up the writing process into you know, thinking, researching, outlining as one piece, and then writing as another, and then of course editing as another, so just take those three pieces for example, we are in the thinking stage here. And I tell them that I want them to put a quote in their paper because it is needed in order to make your point. It is needed in order to understand your point better, in order to uh, explain your uh, way, your reason in that paragraph better. It is needed to make your point better. And unlike when they were in elementary school, fourth, fifth, and maybe middle school, sixth, maybe up to seventh, when I let them come back later and stick a quote in somewhere, as an exercise in quotation use, at this point in their studies, they should know that a quote is needed here. So when my high schoolers, especially my upper level high schoolers tell me, I'm gonna add my quote later. I'm like, no, you're not gonna add your quote later because you're putting your quote in during the thinking part of your writing. You're putting your quote in because it's needed. If you put one in later, you're sticking it in just because I'm making you put a quote in. That's not the same as putting it in because it flows in your paper or because it is needed as part of your thinking skill. Okay, so yeah, a few things to work through sometimes because um, especially kids who haven't been with me for a while, you know, they're not used to, you know, some of the non non uh, non um, non compromises, you know, non discussions. This this is just how we do it, right? And students have been with me for a while, they know, yep, this is what I have to do. She's not gonna like it. You know, I even hear them saying, "You, you where's your quote? Did you put your quote in? Like when they're getting into class, what quote did you put in? Oh, I, I got it off the internet. I just wrote quote right there. And then another one says, you're not gonna get a good score. She wants your quote in your outline. I mean, I can hear it. They are used to my expectations, right? And again, that's upper level, you know, so there might be some leeway here for seventh and eighth graders. All right, so here I'm telling them how to put their quotes in. Now, this is a lot of confusion for students. And that is, they say, well, I couldn't find anything, any quotes about this topic. I couldn't find any quotes that, that went with this. Because they, in their mind, think that they need to get a quote out of a source that has quotation marks around it that is already a quote. And this is where, um, and, and actually I teach this from early on. I tell my little people, you have two choices for your quote. Okay, you're gonna get one quote. This was in the Mobley uh, research. Where was that? Um, um, let me see here. Mobley, um, Mobley, Mobley. Yep, nope, that's short story. Oh, it was a research report with Mowgli. Okay, there it is, episode four, okay? In episode four, they had to go get a quote for 
one animal, the jungle. Okay. And they're like, well, I don't, I can't find a quote about um, a leopard's eating habits or whatever it might be. And so even for my little people, I tell them you have two choices for your quotes. It can have, you can get it out of a book or an online source that already has quotation marks around it. And then you just put it in your paper, just like it falls. And that is called a people quote. That's what I call that. I call that a people quote. So they have two choices. They can do a people quote or they can do a book quote. Okay. That's a little bit, it's not perfect because book quotes can also be people quotes. But the key to this, and I bring, have them uh, highlight already quoted in their source. Arrow to the margin already has quotation marks. All right. And that is their people quote. So it means that somebody said it. In this case, G.K. Chesterton said that example on, uh, of A here in people quote. And in B, Hans Christian Andersen said it. Okay. So I tell them you're going to put your quote on your outlining lines, or you're going to put it on a sticky note, or you're going to print it off and attach it to your um, outline. And you have a choice between a people quote like that or a book quote. And then I have them highlight, this is also called lifted text. So when they're in research reports and upper levels, we call it lifted text. So it's lifted out of their book and they put quotation marks around it, or it's lifted out of an online article or out of an online encyclopedia or whatever it might be, it's lifted and then you make it into a quote. And so this, relieve some of the pressure from students feeling like they have to find a quote that's already quoted. Say, you can make a quote, okay? So they have two choices, their people quote or their lifted text, not already quoted. So we highlight not already quoted, we circle not, we draw an arrow to the margin, make a sentence into a quote, right? And so they have these two choices. Again, without sounding like a broken record, they have done a lot of quotation work leading up to this point, right? Because keep in mind, how do I teach all usage in my writing books? I teach all usage as it is needed for that project, right? So they already had like in that Mowgli one, episode four, um, one jungle animal, they already had to put one quote in to one of their three paragraphs about their characteristics of an animal of the jungle. So, and I held their hand the whole way through that. And I put the quotes on the board and I had them bring me in their quote and I put their punctuation in right for them. And they know that I'm gonna help them. And they know that I'm gonna be there for them because I'm not going to give them anything to do that I don't prepare them for. I'm not gonna give, have any expectation of them that I haven't given them the tools for. I know I sound like a broken record, but how many writing programs and writing books do we have that either have writing ideas, you know, or you know what I think about that, or they have an assignment and they don't give the tools. They don't know how, the student doesn't know how to make the transitions from one paragraph to another. They do not know how to decide what goes in each paragraph. They do not know how to put the quote in, but they're supposed to put a quote in, right? They do not know how to do five types of openings. They do not know how to do five types of closings, right? And, and so my goal is to make 
these projects as easy as possible for students. So here we have their book quote, and I tell them that this comes from a site called Learning Through Literature, and the article is called, and, and, and <laughs> I've already had taught them minor works and major works too by this time, so they know Learning Through Literature is a major, and I even say to them, guys, look at Learning Through Literature, it's underlined. Does that mean it's a major or a minor? It's a major, right. Major works are either underlined or italicized. Good job. All right, so then what about this quote, five reasons fairy tales are good for children? Um, it's got quotation marks around it. It must be an article. Yes, it's a minor work, right? Okay, so I tell them they're gonna get into this site called Learning Through Literature. They're gonna go to this article called Five Reasons Fairy Tales Are Good for Children. They're gonna take a sentence out of there they're gonna put it in their paper and they are going to put quotation marks around it. All right. And they are going to put the quote word for word, right? I tell them that anytime you use something word for word, you have to have quotation marks around it. You have to explain, um, you, you have to have the quote exactly like it is. So they took these words the simplicity of good overcoming evil is deeply reassuring to a child struggling to make sense of the wide world around them. So maybe this goes in their paragraph called um, fairy tales teach children that good overcomes evil. So they take it out of this article and they put quotation marks around it. So it's lifted text. It's not already quoted in the source. You're going to make it into a quote. This relieves a lot of the pressure to students because they can get a quote that's already quoted or they can just get a sentence of information from an expert, such as a, uh, an article uh, about five reasons fairy tales are good for children from a reputable site and they can make it into a quote. All right, so then we have more lessons on beginning speech tags and ending speech tags. And this is in your um, because this was putting in their outline, right? They're going to put that in their outline. And then this is their like condensed lesson, beginning speech tag and ending speech tag. Now, this is all prior to dialogue writing. Remember, I told you last week in episodes 22 and 23, the last couple of weeks in the twice told tale that I was going to get to dialogue writing. You don't really jump from no quotation experience to dialogue. <laughs> I'm just saying that right now, right? And that's why kids do not know how to write dialogue. And they just, you know, have these paragraphs that go on and on and on. And their quotations are just kind of, you know, all over the place um, because they haven't learned the basic rules for quotation writing. So here we have the beginning speech tag and the details of that rule with a he Helen Keller quote. And we have the ending speech tag with the details of that quote. Again, this is where we're going to walk through the punctuation. And we're going to use a highlighter, Helen Keller said, opening speech tag, comma, always put a comma following opening speech tags. Yes, I know you can sometimes put a colon, but they're not ready for that yet. That is in um, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. Okay, when they realize that you can put a colon following a speech tag that is a complete sentence. Okay, that's another lesson for another day for older, more experienced students. 
right? So I just tell them, you know, you put a comma because it won't be wrong if they put a comma, even if a colon would work, but it will be wrong if they put a colon <laughs> where only a comma is needed. It's like you can't put Helen Keller said colon, right? Because Helen Keller said is not a complete sentence. That's another rule for another day. But I tell them, put a comma. You're not going to go wrong with the comma. All right. So Helen Keller said comma. All right. We always put a comma after beginning speech tags. We highlight the quote, capital A. Um, quotations begin with a capital letter at the end, period, quote, in the U.S. Periods always go inside the quotation mark, da, 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 da. And we go through these samples. And they've already had all of those little boxes that I showed you for younger kids prior to this. All right. I think I'm over my time again, but I have so much to tell you because I love teaching students how to write. I love teaching grammar. I love teaching usage, vocabulary, um, editing, checklist challenge. I love teaching all of these things because it equips students for anything in their future, right? There, there is no way that you can go wrong with strong writing lessons, right? With great pro writing projects. There's no way that you can go wrong with it because it's going to give them all kinds of things for their future, research, creativity, punctuation, um, just amazingness. All right, so I'm gonna stop here, but I am going to go into dialogue next time. All right, so keep in mind, this is eighth, ninth, 10th. Um, definitely uh, you could do this with an 11th, 12th grader too. This project from this book, uh, Fairy Tales 4. And um, next week we're gonna dig into dialogue. Okay, and that would be more like what would be in a twice told tale lesson, how to write with people speaking back and forth, right? And they already have the mechanics, right? They already have the mechanics of punctuation, capitalization, speech tags, and so forth. All right, thank you for joining me. Don't forget, your teacher's notebook is there at forward slash how I teach, and you can get all 24 episodes of teacher's notebooks, downloadable and in, ready to put in your binder. And then you'll have them ready to print off to teach your students because they all contain things that you can teach from. All right, and here are some free products related to this. These all have the potential of having quotations. The checklist challenge usually has a quotation um, on the upper levels in the projects where they're supposed to add a quote. Those are all free. And they also have videos of me teaching those to students. So as opposed to this where I teach teachers, those freebies all have lessons with me teaching. These are digital products that have quotation marks in them. So you can use this list to choose uh, some of the lower level ones to start with. There are some twos and threes. So um, that would be fourth and fifth and then sixth, seventh and eighth. Start with those uh, with um, either they have dialogue if they're stories or they have quotations if they are essays or research reports. But um, those are all right for a month products that are either available at Language Arts Ladies Store or at uh, Language Arts Ladies Teachers Pay Teachers. Oh, tons of them. There's a bunch more too. Okay, there are a lot of quotes. I teach quotes a lot. Here are the, um, oh wow, there are still more. All right. And here actually on the Meaningful Composition page, all meaningful composition books from 4-2 all the way through 12-2 and then the Jumpstart 1 and the Jumpstart 2, the remediation books, they all have quotation lessons in them, okay? So um, you can't go wrong with one of those if you want a full semester um, 
character-based, um, religion-based, Christian-based. Uh, right for a month are not religion, not Christian-based. They're not, there's nothing wrong with them. They're based on uh, stories and they're wonderful. And then the meaningful compositions are for um, Christian schools and Christian homeschools. All right, we can create a class. I can teach your students online. And my husband and I are available to hire a teacher for any of your classes that you just want somebody else to do it. Just do this once or twice a week for me for an hour or 45 minutes so that I don't have to think about it. And um, he, his, he's really, really filling up. I think he has like 30 slots right now of these besides his teaching load. Um, but you can contact us. And if it's something I can do, I might have a slot. Um, he has a few slots and he does group some kids too for these if you're interested in that. All right, and then we have private tutoring. Thank you so much for joining me. I am so excited to be teaching you how I teach um, all language arts and writing. Thanks again. See you next week.